What's the Tampa Bay joke? Uh, where do you find the Buccaneers? In Tampa Bay? Either side of your bucket head. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer, coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, uh, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and over 60 years of work experience. Wow. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other. And hopefully you, the listener, save some money. So, Mr. Kramer, how are we going to save money today? We are going to talk about a scandal, the GameStop excitement happening in the last days of January 2021. It sounds like a way to lose money for sure. Well... I guess in every transaction, somebody gains money and somebody loses money, right? Yep. So somebody made money on the side of those trades and somebody lost money. <laughs> so uh, can for our listeners in the distant future who have no memory of this because, um, you know, society's collapsed and uh, they're eating uh, rats that they grow in the ruins of uh, former society, what exactly the uh, scandal was? Okay, so here we are talking January 30th, 2021, and what we're talking about is uh, the, the stock of a company called GameStop. And for, for those of you that don't know, I think this one around here, because my son goes to it occasionally, um, I'll buy some hardware there, but it's a, it's a store basically that sells gaming hardware and video games. And uh, it was in the news recently because its stock went from, I'm just looking at the chart here, from about four bucks it's the stock price was four dollars on July twentieth, twenty twenty, up to closed uh, yesterday at like three hundred twenty five dollars. That's a lot. It is. Should have got in. Is it still going up, Dave? <laughs> it's it, it it went up and peaked around. I think at one point it was uh, inner day was close to like four hundred dollars um, at one point over the last few days. But it's basically gone from about. Uh, Mm, 20 bucks here uh, mid-January up to as high as a, over $400 and it's dropped down 132 and back up to $300. So if you take the low and the high in six months, it went up 10,000% if I got my some, decimal points right? Yeah, it's some crazy appreciation. So it's just, it's been insane because, I mean, I look at this company that, the underlying fundamentals, as they say, are just not there. This is a company that's been in decline. It's like Blockbuster. You remember going to remember going to Blockbuster? I do. It's like Blockbuster, except instead of being for movies, it's for games. And so, the knock on them is that people buy download video games. You and I both have recently bought a video game, and we downloaded it to our console or computer. And there's no need to go to the store. And if we need to buy hardware, we can buy it on Amazon, have it delivered, or we can buy it at Best Buy. So they, these guys are in a tough spot. And uh, apparently uh, some folks were trying to short the stock. So shorting for our listeners that are out there is betting that a stock price is going to go down. And um, I guess some folks on some Reddit, uh, uh, I don't know what you call them, Reddit channel or area of Reddit, caught hold of this and said, Hey, go buy this stock, which drives up the price. Cause there's not a, sometimes there's not a huge amount of shares that can be bought and sold. And the price got driven up and the people who are trying to short lost a boatload of money. A couple things come to mind. One for our, uh, normal listeners, 
who are penny pinchers. One thing I liked about GameStop is they would buy used video games. So uh, two things that would be an advantage for real cheap people is all the video games which are lying around your house have some value. Uh, if it's on, if it's two systems old, they're worth pennies on the dollar. But if they're on a current system, they're worth a quarter of what you paid for them or something like that, which is better than them just sitting, taking up room. Uh, on the flip side, you buy uh, used games for about half the, the price. And sometimes, Dave, if you're a bad gamer, such as myself, you can buy a used game and they've already broken through the levels. So you can play the hidden stuff. Oh, really? That I did not know. I know that my son has sold some old stuff there before. That's actually a very lucrative business for them. So I believe I'm not, I've learned a little bit about GameStop, but I believe they make more money on selling the used games and used hardware than they do on new stuff. Similar to a car dealership where car dealers actually make more money selling used cars than they do the new cars. Um, If you're a real penny pincher like I am, you're better off selling your game on eBay or Amazon because you'll make more money, but it's convenient. You just drive over there and they'll generally buy the stuff on the spot and you can get something for it rather than having it sit in the uh, shelf as I've seen some games, old three Xbox games sit in the shelves here at the Blasco household. Yeah, and if you're a pragmatic environmentalist, instead of it eventually ending up in in the landfill when we die and they clean out our hoarder house, right, that uh, it'll go to somebody who'll get some use out of it so it'll get twice as much use. It'd be... It's yeah. good for the world. Yeah, it's not. I, no, I'm, I'm totally in favor of that. It's just, it's totally, I'm totally in favor of doing that. So it's a good thing to do. Take it in there and take your old stuff to them. And you can buy a game there that'd be a lot cheaper than buying a new game. Yeah. And if you're, if we were doing it all over again, right, we could homeschool our kids, tell them that Nintendo 64 was the most modern uh, console available and raise them on used games that's a great console yeah it's all i mean i'm a big fan of <laughs> i laugh i'm a big fan of buying stuff after buying used stuff because you could the cutting edge technology you, you pay for because people want it and whoever's trying to sell it to you is going to sell it to you for top dollar but if you're willing to wait a year or two you can always get a better deal but back to the the current event story which is uh game being run up by um, individual retail investors, and yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and uh, go, go ahead. Well, and the story seems to be that a lot of um, young people have youngish people have good feelings about GameStop. They like the store. They used to spend a lot of money there. It's been hammered, I'm sure, by um, the pandemic because nobody's going to stores, and they believe that it was going to be doing better once people could go shopping again. Meanwhile, um, the big hedge funds were shorting it, right? Betting on the price going down, which can feed on itself. And uh, it turned into this anti-one percenter thing. It's got this tinge of people trying to screw the man uh, because I I don't know if we need to explain it, but um, if your short position gets knocked out because the price goes up too far, there's a call on it and the, uh, the shorting company has to put up a lot of cash. Yeah. You get a margin call because every dollar, every dollar that the stock goes up above um, where you borrowed the stock at, you have to, you you're liable for that dollar. So in theory, when you're shorting a stock, you can have infinite losses because the stock could go in infinity from practical perspective. It's never going to go infinity, but 
if you were shorting around $5 and it's up at $325, every share that you borrowed, you're losing $320 on that share. If, if you own the stock, all you can lose is the value of the stock. So if you bought the stock at $5, all you can lose is a $5. But if you're shorting it, whoever shorted it at five bucks and held on to it to yesterday is out $320 for every share they're shorting. Yeah, for research purposes, I tried to see uh, how much it would cost to short the stock right now because clearly it's grotesquely overvalued at three twenty-five. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't have an account with margin set up because I don't do that anymore, um, and I, I got bored trying on it. So uh, I think you did. You look into it, Dave. The how much it would cost to short it? I I did not I did not look right now, but um, it, it's probably crazy it, it, because of the volatility. It's probably just crazy valuations on it right now to short it. I heard one number that the that the shorts lost twenty billion dollars in the past week. It, it's possible. I mean, you can lose a lot of money shorting, so I would not recommend that. Being the frugal guy that I am, would not recommend that to our listeners to to try that. Um, the other company that comes to mind is a company near and dear to your heart. And my heart is Tesla and uh, billions and billions of dollars have been lost trying to short Tesla. Yeah. Elon Musk has weighed in on, um, weighed in on this particular controversy because he, he takes it personally that the, the shorts go after a company. And um, so it's interesting watching literally the richest man in the world, coming out as a, a populist for the, the little investor. Yeah. Those little investors, though, have to be careful because somebody's going to be left holding the bag. And there might be hedge funds in there trying to make some money, but also the retail investors, the little guys are going to lose money too. Because as you said, th this stock is no way in shape or form worth $325. It's probably worth closer to 4 or $5. <laughs> yes. And... Uh... <laughs> There's a lot. I, I shouldn't laugh, but I find the whole thing very entertaining, particularly the names. I mean, one of the controversies is that these uh, fancy new app-based uh, brokers like Robinhood and Webull shut down trading in the stock because they couldn't um, – well, I shouldn't – their claimed reason is because the closing costs on it, because it takes two days to close it, gets super expensive on a volatile stock, and they just weren't able to come up with the capital to do it. Mm -hmm. But to uh, populist Congress people, it looks like the little guy is getting screwed because the hedge guys, hedge fund guys, can still make their trades. Yeah, it's interesting. I think time will tell. But I, I did see that. I think it's not clear to me what's going on. But Robinhood uh, clears their own trades. Uh, normally, you have a you have a third party that clears the trades and keeps stock of who has ownership. But they. Um, the thing I heard the other day was like uh, Apple. Apple decided to build their own chips and you can make more money by building your own chip. It takes some investments, but higher profits. I think they decided to bring that clearing in house a couple of years ago. And I, I believe they're having trouble clearing. They had to get a billion dollar cash infusion. So that might be part of the problem with Robinhood. Yeah, it's a weird model, right? They don't charge anything for trade. So uh, I could see I could see practical reasons why they would shut it down, but I could also see if I was on the other side, feeling like I was being oppressed by the man. 
It'd be frustrating. It was interesting. I, the stock market, was it Tuesday? I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday. The stock market went down quite a bit. It went quite a bit down Friday. And I wanted to log into my Vanguard account and I could not get into my Vanguard right. account. So I think all the commotion, the stock market, I, I also heard that some other big um, investment houses were having trouble with their websites. So it, it took me a while to log into my account because I was actually interested in buying something that I had my eye on that was a little cheaper uh, by about four or five percent, and I couldn't get in and make that trade. So it impacted me as well because I think there was so much hullabaloo about this that people were trying to log in from everywhere to potentially see what's going on and maybe see if they make like a buck off it. Yeah, it just seems like if this was a made-for-TV movie, you would pick silly names like this, like "Oh, Robin Hood, we steal from the rich," and. Uh, <laughs> GameStop for uh, trying to stop the hedge funds from gaming the system. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see. There's been a lot of speculation. I do, I do like the financial market, so I will spend a lot of time watching CNBC. And I think as the weeks unfold, I, th I think we're going to find is Robin who was just Robin who was just in self-preservation mode, and they may have faced uh, problems just clearing all the trades, and, and that's why they had to stop trading, not because they're trying to oppress the little guy. Yeah. I think they're going to get rightfully hammered by their customers for advertising. We democratize things and then shutting it down when it gets hairy. Yeah, I, I can, I can, I can see that. I, they were in my mind. They got, a, they had to be acting in their own interest and protecting their firm. And I think they were having trouble clearing all those trades and had a maybe a cash crunch. Yeah, the um, the Wall Street Journal had a, a profile of the guy who invented the Reddit channel, Wall Street Bets. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's 39 years old, some kind of consultant. I think he's mostly a stay-at-home dad now. But um, he started the channel because he had some money to play with and he wanted to gamble with it online. And mm -hmm. he was looking for like-minded people to do it. And what he got was a lot of very good advice, which is don't do that. Don't get into this crazy derivative buying on but um, so he started this thing just so he could talk amongst like-minded people who wanted to play with their money because it is fun when you beat the market. Yep. It's just not sustainable. So I, I don't have a problem with somebody taking, if they can afford it, right, five or $10,000 and shooting for the moon, which is what rich guys do with hedge funds, right? They try to make a, a 10x return on venture capital or whatever, and they lose money sometimes. So it's fine. It's just they all got together and... And um, apparently this guy is kind of horrified but by what happened. Um, so it sounds like the best guess is the SEC won't be able to prove market manipulation because there's no, no rule that you can't say, I really like a stock. And I think if we all buy it, it'll go up unless you control the market, right? Yeah. I, I – um, I I'm not sure what will happen if they'll be able to prove anything or some sort of collusion because people will come on, say, CNBC all the time, and they'll talk about their book, as they say, right? So you'll have top name investors uh, got, uh, will come on and say, hey, I, I believe that stock so-and-so is underpriced or whatever or overpriced. And they're basically talking their book and they're talking in their interest. I'm not sure how all these guys getting together saying, hey, I think it's worth more. And I think they're trying to stick it to the man. It's a difference, I think. But I don't know legally if they would be in trouble. I mean, there's a difference between saying, hey, I think GameStop's worth a lot more than $5. You know, the pandemic comes off. They can sell more used stuff. Maybe they go online versus saying, hey, let's all get together and gang up and 
supply to drive the price up. To some extent, right? The, the shorts professionally write reports about after they get their position about why Tesla's overpriced and why it should go down. And as sure. long as you reveal that, I don't think that's illegal. You say, hey, I'm long Tesla, and I think it's going to be a gazillion dollar company because they're going to invent space travel. Right. Um, so, I, and I don't think I there's to- anything wrong with identifying that there's going to be a short squeeze either and say, there's a zillion short contracts out there that they all come up March 1st. So I'm sure you can get in now and it'll and go long and, and it'll the market will fluctuate that way. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I did see some information that, that a lot of hedge funds were unwinding their positions because they're worried about people doing the same thing to other stocks. It's interesting. Another stock that was up quite a bit it was AMC, the theater chain, which is in really hard times right, right now. You know, some people question whether they can be a going concern or have to declare bankruptcy. They're, they were up as well as I think three or four other names that are having trouble during the pandemic. Yeah, and a lot of interesting fallout. Uh, the guy who owns the Mets, the baseball team, had to give up his Twitter account because he's a hedge fund guy and he went in to backstop some of his hedge fund bunnies, buddies. And- yeah, the fund, I forget the name, but the guy that owns the Mets, um, infused some money in another hedge fund that was shorting GameStop. Um, I think that other that other hedge fund was one of the uh, primary funds that was shorting GameStop, and they needed a cash infusion because again, you you your your losses can be infinite when you go from five dollars to three twenty five. You're losing three twenty on every share. That headline caught my eye because you might remember that uh, the fellow who lived on our hall right next door to me junior year his grandmother owned the Mets at the time ah interesting interesting so Steve Kahn bought the Mets right yeah he must have bought it from the family but you remember Chaz with the long hair and the electric guitar with the the wireless connection yeah he'd play guitar down in the commons room with his amp in the room next door to mine (laughs) yep he's a good guy yeah interesting um yeah, but I don't have any problem with people on Robinhood and buying and trading stocks. I think they should be able to do it. I think it's just important. I mean, if you go to trade on whatever platform and you want to get the ability to um, trade options, you know, yes, you have to you have to prove to company like Vanguard or Fidelity, whatever, that you're more than just a novice investor because you have to be aware of all the risks involved. So I, I think pe- people un- need to understand the risks involved, and I'm sure there's a lot of people on those. Robin Hood really understand the risks involved, but but there's a lot of newbies that don't quite understand the risks that are involved with it. Yeah, it it seems intuitively like it would be easier to pick losers than winners, that you should be able to identify GM is going to get their ass kicked because they can't retool or whatever, but it's it's nerve-wracking. The last time I did it, I'm pretty sure I've told this story, but I saw this stupid online book company get over $100 a share, so I shorted Amazon at 100 bucks a share, mm-hmm. and it started going up, and it dipped back down to 110 and I got out only losing $10 a share. Um, but I was trying to – I can't remember what date I did that but because uh, I think it was before it split, but it's currently trading at 3200 So if I'd held on to that, <laughs> I'd have lost – Three thousand dollars a share. <laughs> a share, yeah. I mean, so it's great. I, I um, it's a it's a wonderful way to leverage. As my finance professor in business school said, um, if you have insider information, don't be stupid and buy the stock 
trade the option, right? Because you can, you can leverage a little bit of money and make a whole bunch of money on it, but you can also lose a whole bunch of money. So I think for the average investor, it's just not a good idea. Or, it's, or to your point, use it for a small portion of your portfolio. Yeah, do it, do it for fun. And then if you do well, buy yourself a really nice bottle of wine or something, but don't start thinking you're smart and you should do it for a living. <laughs> Unless you can get somebody to pay you to do it. I mean, not to disparage right. anybody, but these clowns on Wall Street, they all they started like a million dollars a year and they're just guessing there are a lot of smart guys on wall street and some are making some decent money but um you know over over time i think they say on, over 10 year time horizon like only 15 percent of wall street fund managers make more than say like an index like an s p 500 so to some extent it's the roll of the dice exactly if you could be right 51 percent of the time consistently reliably you can make infinite money right so it's right uh, it's yes so the whole thing is silly but we have to play the game to some extent yeah so i mean more power to the robin hooders i think it's good i think there's some people who really know what they're doing it's just amazing to me what's incredible is how much the cost of stock trading has dropped because now it's essentially free on most um it's free and it wasn't free even say 10 years ago, even uh, 10 years ago, I think I was still paying like $40 for a stock trade. Like a, that was like kind of the minimum. And then there was a per share fee on top of that. It was crazy. So your trading costs would just kill you. 10 years ago and or now, 20 years ago? I think 10 years think ago was already down at six, seven bucks. It was pretty cheap. I have been with Vanguard a long time. Vanguard is not the cheapest. They still, hmm. I think, had reasonably high trading fees. I can't remember at this point. This, um, uh, but it was high enough that your trading fees would kill you. Now that now it's free. It's free. Yeah, I can't. All right, this is not financial advice. Nobody should listen to some clown on the internet. But it does seem like if the trades are free, you should be able to buy any stock, put in a limit order to sell at down 1% and limit order to sell at up 2%, right? Mm -hmm. And so you'd have to make money eventually. I don't know. It just seems like that math would work on that. I, I guess not. But if you bought a basket of stocks and each one you put limit orders on half to sell and half to buy. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't have the, I, I don't have the, uh, the patience to try it out. <laughs> uh so i'm 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 all for the robin hooders like good for them it's just i think there's going to be some people they're gonna it's going to end in tears as they say for a lot of folks because they're not going to realize that stock market doesn't always go up every day and not every trade's going to be a winning trade it's a weird i mean it's a weird time right now the market's up i feel like i'm a genius but every stock's going up pretty much at this point Everybody feels like a genius. And when it doesn't go up, when it corrects, there's going to be a lot of folks who are going to be unhappy. Yes, I hear you. Um, yep. The trick is to never look back. Yeah. I mean, stock market, U.S. stock market goes up over the long run. So if you're invested in some sort of basket of U.S. stocks, if you're willing to hold and not freak out, if it goes down 10% or 20%, you're going to come out 
in the in the long run. Long run being ten years, twenty years, thirty years. Um, if you want to play around with options, then that's okay. I, I think your point's well taken. Like you set aside a small amount of money. It's like fun money. It's like it's not exactly going to the casino, but for some people, it's probably pretty close to going to the casino. Yeah, but the, the upside is casino. The house is going to win eventually. It's theoretically possible that on the market you would only win. It's also theoretically yeah. possible you only lose. But again, all you can lose is how much money you have. Well, unless you borrow against your credit cards <laughs> to buy on margin. Yes, and I think people are people are doing crazy stuff like that, like borrowing money to try to make money. And if the market's going up, make a tremendous amount of money, but it, it's intoxicating. And so when the market goes down, you can lose a whole lot of money. And it's weird how the market is acting, honestly, because like you say, the U.S. stock market goes up steady over time, but that's based on a couple of things like steady government, the rule of law, and clean water and decent infrastructure that makes people want to invest in the U.S. because it's a safe place. So when there's more money in the rest of the world, they they jump, they throw it in the U.S., a chunk of it for it to be safe. But we almost had an insurrection this month, three weeks ago. So hopefully that's behind us. But And the stock market didn't even blink, right? These people are idiots. It was up that day. <laughs> it, was up, it was up that day quite a bit, as I recall. Yeah. So... Right. I say two thumbs up for the Robin Hooders. Um, I think this thing will play out and it'll be interesting to to see what legally comes of this. Um, I think people just got to know what they're doing and I'm, I'm not sure that they'll, I'm not sure what they know they're doing. I'm not a investor with those trades. I, I just wonder how well they're really cautioning people on what they're doing and making sure they under, have a good understanding of maybe the complexity and the um, risks that are involved. Yes, and I hope I hope the store survives. Um, I think they're providing a service at least for a little while while games still exist. Um, and I, I think there'll be people who like classic games, if you can say that about video games, and like to own some kind of media, not just the download or your buying a license or whatever. But yeah, long run, it seems like it should go away. <laughs> I don't. I don't see it as a viable business model. Maybe p- pairing back some stores. I think they have like five thousand stores. It was pretty uh, amazing. I was looking at the amount of stores they have. Maybe pairing back some stores. Maybe I heard people talking about what they should do. Maybe do more o- online. Maybe. Uh, but could they survive against eBay? Right. So if you're going to sell your games, you're probably better off selling them on eBay. Is my guess. But it's you can't drive. You know, I think there's a GameStop here within five minutes of my house. I'm not sure it is. My son goes, and it's you can walk in and sell your sell your game right there on the spot. Yeah, and they sell uh, consoles and things like that. So you would think people would still like to touch and feel, and like if they're switching from Xbox to PlayStation, it'd be nice to go push the buttons. But uh, yeah, it's true. Like-minded people, you might talk to people about gaming. I. I th- I think uh, I think he's bought a uh, what do you controller there before because the controller died or broke and needed a controller and it's close by. Yeah, yeah. It does not seem like <laughs> a growth stock though. If they already have five thousand stores, I could see a wonderful future where it becomes like comic book stores are now, right? Where like-minded people gather and trade stuff, and maybe things are even collectible. But. Uh, <laughs> It just can't be that much coffee and food. I know, yeah. They can maybe a hangout place like sell coffee and food or something like that. There you go. But talk about the good old days of like Atari and Yeah, you kids. 
you don't know what it's like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what we've solved here, but I think uh, I think we both agree that I think trading is. I think it's good. Get people interested in the stock market. Good, good way to build wealth for the the long term. Just you got to make sure you're setting some money aside periodically and not trading it all away. There's this ten-year-old uh, kid in San Antonio. His his mom gave him. 10 shares of uh, GameStop for Christmas because she wanted him to learn about stock trading. And he really got a kick out of it because he liked the store and he'd get all the mail with the, the proxy statements and things like that. And uh, it was worth $6,500 or something like that. When he, no, $3,200 when he sold it. Mm -hmm. $2,200 in his uh, uh, college fund and he's going to invest the other 1000 and he's looking at dividend stocks with the, the $1,000. Good for him. Made some money. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else we should say to wrap this up, Dave? No, I think we've said it all. Until next time. Be careful out there, folks. Thank you.